This conference will now be recorded. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hope you're having a good day. My name's Claire Bartlett. I'm the USTA Southern TSR for Tennessee. And today you're watching and listening to me and my racket. It's the show about tennis industry professionals sharing their passion, purpose, and connecting over the sport we all know and love. And today on the show, we have Darren Potkey. Darren, how you doing? Hey, Claire, what's going on? How you been? Hey, good, good, thanks. So, Darren, I'm going to read a brief bio um, for our listeners and viewers. So, everybody, Darren Potkey is the executive director of USTA Georgia, and he has been since December of 2013. He is also an international official who most recently officiated an exhibition match between some of the world's top players. He played collegiate tennis at the University of San Diego and at UC Santa Barbara, and his previous experience includes his work at USTA Southern California, where he was the tournament director for the largest junior tournament in the United States at the time. Most importantly, he and his wife, Courtney, are parents to a set of six-year-old twin girls, Charlotte and Delaney, and a four-year-old son, Nolan. You can find his full bio in the description below, and because there's much more. So, Darren, welcome to the show. Thanks. And my my real officiating and refereeing are trying to keep my my kids from you know killing each other. So yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that's we, we number one. Yeah. Yeah, being a twin dad, it's, it's oh, definitely yeah. all of our lot, both my wife and my life, obviously, and it's oh, been great. Yeah. And uh, and they love they love sports. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. Well, how have you all been doing? How are things doing in Georgia? Is your family safe and healthy and everything going all right? Yeah, we've been pretty blessed. Um, we haven't we haven't had any major issues since, you know, back 25 years ago when this pandemic started. Feels like it, more like yeah. that. <laughs> but uh, no, the kids are doing great. And uh, actually, they're, everybody's back to school now, uh, as okay. of last week. Uh, yeah. It just happened we have three kids in three different schools this year. Wow. So yeah. that's been a little bit of a challenge. Uh, really wasn't a big deal when they were virtual, right? Right, uh, right. <laughs> but now yeah. we get everybody where they're supposed to go. And uh, yeah. yeah, the kids are doing well. Um, I'm coaching my five, my four-year-old soccer team this yeah. fall. So that's been fun. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of Georgia, you know, we were, we were, we were lucky. I mean, we were able to, you know, it was unfortunate we were suspended for a while, but we really needed to be based on what was going on. And yeah. um we were able to restart June 1st, and uh, we've been able to play a ton of local events, and God willing, we'll be able to continue to do that. Um, you know, every, every day is a new day, but we're hoping we're yeah. hoping for the best. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, hey, I want to dive into a little bit of your tennis story and, you know, when you got started and, you know, just kind of your career up until this point. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Boy, it feels like yeah. it. Uh, but, it, you know, maybe an interesting story to some, not to all, but to some. Uh, I was actually a soccer player growing up. I grew up in New Hampshire. Uh, and just by fluke, I happened to be on the 12 and under club national championship team. And most of my teammates uh, played minimum division one level soccer. A couple of them played professional. I was only, I think, one of two guys that, that didn't do that. Uh, we moved. My dad's company had asked. He worked, he did federal uh, defense contract work, and they mm -hmm. said, hey, we're going to send you out to California. Uh, we're gonna, we want to start a one-person operation at Point Magoo, which is one of the bases out there. Take the yeah. family, see what you think. Mm -hmm. So we leave, I'll never forget it, we leave Boston early February 1986, mm -hmm. horrible weather, uh. we fly to Minneapolis, it's minus 20, we get to LAX. The baggage claim doors open. My dad takes two steps out, says, oh, we're moving. We're done. <laughs> 75 <laughs> degrees, beautiful. 
and we moved there in 86 and you know the level of uh, the level of soccer at the at that time was kind of inferior to what I was kind of used to on the east coast so I started looking around for maybe other sports to do mm -hmm. uh played some basketball but then kind of settled on tennis I was really blessed we had a great local CTA kind of where you're at in Chattanooga same type of thing the Ventura mm -hmm. County Junior Tennis Association started mm -hmm. playing some tournaments won my first match lost the next mm -hmm. round 0 and 0 not that I remember yeah yeah of course I am um, <laughs> and and just kind of played catch up because you know in Southern Cal it's a pretty strong section com competition yeah. Yes. And most most everyone I was playing against had been, you know, playing for a while and, and you know, worked pretty hard and yeah. got up into the top 10 of the section. My 16s, 18s, got to play Kalamazoo a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, a few other things. And uh, so that's kind of how I started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, you played collegiate tennis and then you were at um, USTA Southern Cal for 14 years. Right. And in, in the junior yeah. comp role. And, and yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. I I uh, I was very blessed. I played. I started at USD under Ed Collins. Uh, mm -hmm. He was fantastic. Then we had some family illness. Had to get closer to home. Lucky enough to transfer to UC Santa Barbara, which, if anyone's been there, beautiful school, oh, right yeah. on the beach. A yeah. really tough life there. Uh, yeah. And we, we did okay. I mean, we're the all my senior. I you know it's interesting. I have the best record in the history of our school at number six. Yeah, but I also have the yeah. worst record, the worst record in the history of our school at number one. Oh my goodness! I'm in mean, <laughs> both ends. Yeah, uh -huh. uh, but our best team was my senior year. I played six. We ended up winning the regional. Got to play the NCA championship uh, that year. UCLA hosted it. Georgia didn't. Okay. So it was good for our fans, but it would have been nice to play in Athens. Just right. the honor of it. Uh -huh. uh, left, finished there, and then. Dr. Henry Krieger from Claremont Mudd Scripps Colleges had asked me to be his assistant his last year Yeah. Uh, at CMS, which what a fantastic group of schools that is kind of a hidden. I mean, most people in this part of the country have no idea what those schools are. They're just spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I had been doing a lot of volunteer work for the section, running some mm -hmm. tournaments, helping out um, the first Jim Hillman, mm -hmm. the name you might remember, retired. John Lansville got promoted uh, and John actually called me and said, hey, I have an assistant job, are you interested? Okay. Uh, got the job, was his assistant for three, maybe four years. Then at the very end of sectionals one year, uh, he tapped me on the shoulder and says, hey, walk with me. We walk down the, the courts and he like, okay, USTA is opening this new facility at Carson. Yeah. Uh, and they've asked me to direct it, so I'm leaving. Oh, I hope you, I hope you get my position. So, you know, I interviewed, I got it. And yeah. years was the director hired two fantastic people, Tiffany Geller and I Takamori uh -huh. to help uh, Martha Katsafrakis, Barbara Estes, who unfortunately just mm -hmm. passed away, Barbara, uh, end of last year. Uh, it was just a great, great time. I mean, we were on right on the UCLA campus. Great place to work once you parked your car. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, very very small part and hopefully helping some players along the way yeah uh, become you know become who they ended up being and mm -hmm. you know i grew up with mike and bob and to see what they've right. done i yeah. still have a winning record over them although i haven't played them since i was 14. yeah yeah <laughs> but you still but, still have that <laughs> yeah, just, just some tremendous players we've had some of them are still doing well in the door desiree krauchek just got to the mm -hmm. finals of the french open doubles yeah. Uh, spent a lot of time with her. She ended yeah. up playing for probably the best college coach there is in the country, Sheila McInerney of ASU. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
just great. A lot of great memories. I mean, it wasn't yeah. easy. It was a tough right. job, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, and so while you were there too, you were, you know, the tournament director for the largest tournament in the country at the time. So talk a little bit like about how that was. And, you know, do you have any um, tips for tournament directors, you know, just from that experience alone that you would want to pass along? Yeah, so most of our events at SCTA with my colleague Annette Buck, who was a director mm -hmm. of adult and senior tennis, we would be the referee for all of our events, but I didn't want to be it for sectionals because uh -huh. that was our premier event. And, and if you had to make a difficult decision, I'd rather have somebody else do that when I had to literally work with that player and family for 12 months a year. Right, right. Um, but yeah, no, we, we were playing easy 120 courts during qualies. Yeah. Uh, I would plan for 1,800 players. There was a year or two I got over 2,000. Man. Uh, yeah. We would actually schedule by family. I would lock myself into a room uh, the weekend prior and try to get all the families together to the, at yeah. the same location the first day. Yeah. People in a good mood when they get there. And if they're in yeah. a good mood, can't <laughs> well. yeah. um, just be prepared. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would spend... I would spend about three to four months on the tournament. And that was only one of about a hundred things that I was responsible for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think when I left, maybe people didn't understand how much of a job that one tournament was. Right. Uh, but just start early, be prepared, you know, keep the relationships, you know, cause we had to, we didn't know any of our courts. So we had to play, Right. you know, nine, 10 sites all around the Irvine, Orange County area. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it, looking back on it, I mean, it was, you know, it was, we made some changes that made it a little more player friendly over the years in terms of the schedule. Yeah. yeah. Um, great officials. People mm -hmm. liked coming to work, you know. Yeah. How, you know, if one piece of advice, be the person that it's hard to say no to. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. So that would yeah. I say be prepared. I mean, it was fun. Sectional. We had so many other events going on too. Like, you know, right. we ran the Easter Bowl. I was the supervisor at the Easter Bowl yeah. for many years, and that was always a very interesting event to be a part of. Yeah. Um, but yeah. sectionals was fun. It was yeah. interesting. Yeah. We say that now. During it, we weren't sure about that. Right, right. Looking back. <laughs> yeah. Well, so fast forward, and, and currently, you know, now with your position as the USTA, you know, executive director for Georgia, um, you know, as far as tournament tournaments goes, there's going to be lots of changes coming up for junior, the structure and junior tournaments in, in 2021. You know, for example, there won't be rankings for the 10. So I wanted to get your thoughts on just all of that at large and, um, you know, what you might say to people who are confused or concerned or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, this is probably what the 19th, 20th restructuring in the last five years or because it's hard I mean it, right. you want to try to put the best structure out and right you know the thing with the USTA is it's pretty layered so you've got national you've got section here south we've got all these established districts or what they like to call states or we right. like to call states right right um you know I, I I'm okay with the one ranking yeah I think that'll alleviate some confusion uh, it'll guarantee that the best player is the best player in the area all the way down the down the table. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm okay with that. The the formats are are reasonable in nature. Um, yeah. You know the consistency. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned about the future tens. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have to get creative. Uh, I know in Georgia, uh, our our long term plans are. We had already started doing this before the changes came. Is is to do more player development camps at those ages and 
and kind of have players, you know, qualify for certain events based on their participation and their uh, their abilities. So like we do a Big Ten and under camp here at the Atlanta ATP event, kind of mm -hmm. showcase them. We just got to get creative yeah. um, with some of those events. And but, you know, kids play tournaments primarily for reward. Uh, a ranking is, a, is for reward and recognition. And, yeah. and I, yeah. I understand I'm not dismissing the other side of maybe some of the research, but mm -hmm. Well, I, I think we'll just have to see. I mean, I think for us, we've got to be positive about it. We got to mm -hmm. think a little bit. Um, okay, what what can we do to help those players? Yeah. Um, because you don't want them to jump up into the 12s and 14s too early, uh, because right. at that age, it's so important to make as many friends and connections as you can, rather yeah. than necessarily win matches. And sometimes that's lost in translation. Yeah. Um, and and listen to the kids. I mean, it'd be interesting what they actually have to say. Yeah. Sometimes we don't yeah. do that enough. Get a player poll. We know what they want. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, do you have any I, thoughts on that? Not to turn it on you, but do you have any thoughts? Oh yeah. No. Um. I I'm kind of along the same same thoughts with you. I I think it's going to be interesting, especially with tens, because I remember playing young, and um, you know, there is a fine line between like yeah, rewarding people for, you know, rankings and stuff. And then just like getting to know friends and, and being social. Um, and that's early on. And like, you know, we, we know that we in the South, at least we lose a lot of players in middle school. And so I'm just thinking about those ages, you know, like, and how that's going to impact um, tennis at large. And, and I don't know the answer to that question. But I yeah. totally agree as far as getting creative and, and thinking outside the box that we can do with that, because that's, you know, again, it's foundation. And it's, that's something that can impact somebody through their whole play player life cycle or not. They could move sports, you know, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. I had one of the top college coaches in the country tell me one time, he's like, you know, the 10 and under should all be doubles. Hmm. Uh, and then we agreed, okay, doubles and, and team events. Yeah. I mean, uh, interesting. yeah, it's interesting because I personally wanted to play singles. Like I right. love doubles, but then, but then sure. there's kids who don't want to play. You know, they want to play doubles, and yeah, um, yeah that that would be interesting <laughs> to yeah. put in. I think, I think Wayne would like that. Wayne yeah, he yeah. loved that. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, um, you know, switching gears a little bit to officiating. I know you know you have a tremendous passion for it, and um, and I have all the details in your bio. But you know, you you've had so much experience there, and and you serve on the international committee as well, and and so you just you you've just had so much experience, and you're really passionate. So I just wanted to talk about a little bit, like your um, you know, what you feel is so rewarding about it, and then how can we get more people into officiating and, and refereeing and, and excited about that? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, we play word association at home, right? And you go, hey, officiate or, or you know, and generally in all sports. And mm -hmm. usually the first thing out of people's mouth is like, is not, where do I sign up? <laughs> right. Uh, because they've seen, you know, mostly other sports and the scrutinization yeah. that, that go on them. And, yeah, I mean, I, I've been pretty blessed. I mean, I, I met my wife through officiating. I overruled her on a baseline. Just kidding. I was wondering if y'all had met. Yeah, through there. Yeah, you didn't like it. No, I'm just kidding. We actually, you know, we used, we used to work together before we, we started yeah. getting serious. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, officiating, I mean, especially with the, you know, the nice thing about officiating, there's if you are willing to have an open mind, work hard, and, be, and really want to be part of a team, mm -hmm. and that means celebrating people's successes, there's a place for you in officiating. Everybody has their own niche. My wife, for example, her niche, although, you know, she's an outstanding chair umpire, her yeah. niche was line umpiring. Mm 
which yeah. unfortunately maybe at the highest level is starting to exit out a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, for me, it's more referee supervisor off court mm -hmm. uh, type. Some people like chair umpiring, some people like like roving. I mean, I know you talked to Don and Millet, one yeah. of the great grassroots yeah. uh, people of our, of, of our area and of the country, yeah. Donna Bailey as well. I mean, they just love getting out there with the kids and- Oh yeah. I, I'm a strong believer and I try to, exercise this one especially on a supervisor at maybe some of the lower international events mm -hmm. is when anytime you can turn a situation educational for the player parent and coach you mm -hmm. should take advantage of that very quickly yeah and try to you might not be able to solve the problem how they want to but you can give right. the players some tools that they know what their rights are as a player and more importantly what they aren't yeah because there's a lot of misconceptions amongst parents and players as to what Oh, I can just ask for a new official and they'll give me one. No, yeah. but that might have happened one time. Maybe somebody right. didn't. Um, but yeah, yeah there's not too much more rewarding than than at the end of a tournament when really nobody knew you were there. Uh huh. Um, yeah. The best tournaments are the ones nobody knows what the, who the supervisor was. Right. And, uh, you feel like you've contributed mm -hmm. um, to the success of an event in in your own way. Um, yeah, and, and you won't meet better people in this world than officials. I mean, you'll meet people equal uh, to their in, the level of integrity and, and kindness, but you won't meet, meet people that'll exceed it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. Awesome, for sure. Well, moving a little bit to the pro game, you know, recent news is, you know, Novak Djokovic has, has exited the player council and is now wanting to, you know, start his own um, men's players association. And um, I don't know if you saw just a few days ago, Andy Murray, um, join the ATP Player Council. So there's lots of movement, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, what do you think the likelihood is of the Players Association, and, and just what are your thoughts in general on on the topic? Well, I can only speak from my personal experience, and I'm going to outside officiating. We in Southern Cal, we actually owned an ATP event. Uh, it was okay. called the Mercedes Benz Cup, then it was the Farmers Classic, uh, and then mm -hmm. unfortunately it folded and went to Columbia. Uh, but my main role there was I was director of player services, so tournament desk, practice, I mean, you name it, laundry, yeah, I mean, anything yeah. the players no. needed. I mean, we had a small staff, and so that was my first uh, experience at that side, working with some of the ATP uh, folks and the organization. And I have had nothing in those years but admiration and respect for the professionalism of the ATP tour. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to some people that have echoed that, that have been around a long time. The ATP really, in their view, has set the standard, not just in tennis, but in sports for professionalism wow. and doing the right thing and taking care of the players. So, mm -hmm. so when I heard about what you had mentioned, um, you know, it's, it's just really hard to speculate. What's the reason? Why did this happen? Yeah. Um, is there grumbling within the organization? Did maybe a player or two didn't feel appreciated oh. enough? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it's hard to comment because I just don't know what motivates that. I, I, yeah. I wish them the best. Um, yeah. There are very few instances in tennis that two organizations in the same mission um, ex, uh, do well together and yeah. coexist and, and actually flourish. Right. Our teaching professionals might understand what I'm talking about amongst other yeah. organizations. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, that that's kind of the exception. Right? Doesn't mean it can't happen. It's the odds aren't in their favor. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just don't know. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm interested yeah. in you. Have any thoughts on that one? I 
yeah. I, I don't think Novak has come out and and I mean maybe I missed it. He didn't come out and say why. Maybe he has. I just missed it. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, from what I read about it, I again, I didn't get a why either. I mean, I got like these, you know, plans and, and talks of this, but there hasn't been, you know, any other follow up. And it hasn't really said if many players have supported them and that, you know, there was that initial email. But um, so that's that's all I've read about it, you know, and and, you know, besides Andy Murray, like joining the ATP and a few other players as well. So I think that might spur on some more support for the ATP. So. It, yeah, it just remains to be seen, you know. Well, I guess we'll see how it goes. But. Yeah, well, the you know, we're in the social media age, and I know there have been some players over the years that have been openly critical of the ATP on social media, and I assume I know one of them flocked to Novak's side quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it, it's a hard – not everything's going to be perfect out there. I mean, the ATP, yeah. uh, they're in a right now a global economic pandemic they need to stay viable mm -hmm. if that means that the guy ranks 75 um is going to suffer some negative consequences right that's probably what's going to have to happen um yeah. yeah i mean i don't know to me we've got some of the greatest players of all time and i include novak in that at the top yeah. of the game mm -hmm. um and it's interesting last comment on this one is mm -hmm. um you know, everyone's been critical of the American lack of American success on the men's side, and and facts are facts that we've struggled as a country, right? Right, right. A little bit, but someone said they said to me, he said, Darren, I don't really understand why it's you know we would love to have an American, but aren't isn't Federer and Nadal inspirational enough? Take a step back, don't worry what country they're from, just look at what they're doing. I mean, to me, that's inspiring. That that comment really resonated with me, and I think we got to appreciate these guys. They're not going to be around forever. Oh it's yeah, an unbelievable standard. I'm not sure it's ever going to be exceeded. I know. Yeah, it's been pretty remarkable to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, changing gears a little bit, you know, I wanted to talk podcasting with you and web series because, um, you know, during sure. quarantine, you have you have created this catching up series, um, you know, with the Georgia Tennis Hall of Fame and your ITA alumni in Atlanta. And I just wanted to, you know, catch up with you and see how that was going and, um, you know, just just how that process has been for you. Well, I, I will tell you that that the person I'm talking to today, Claire Bartlett, is the one that inspired me to to oh. think, think a little <laughs> outside here and start that. You know, we USTA Georgia, um, we decided or we partnered with our foundation to kind of do some of the operational activities. We signed the agreement the day before the pandemic. Right. Great timing. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things from sort of the outside, even though the Hall of Fame sits literally the, the floor below where I'm talking to you, the museum, we have a great museum, by the way, Hope, hopefully yeah. when we get going, people can see it. Yeah. I just didn't think that, that people really knew um, a lot about our Hall of Fame or much less the members that are in it. I mean, you look at this Hall of Fame, it, it is absolutely incredible, the people yeah. that are in the Georgia Hall of Fame and Tennessee is the same way, right? I mean. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just, I mean, is Eric Voges in it? Because if he is, it'll lower the credibility. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, that, it, it lowered it in my eyes just now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, but, you know, and they have such great stories. I mean, some of them I knew more than others. Some of them I didn't know much and did a lot of research. Armistead Neely. Yeah. You know, basically yeah. started the minor leagues of, of professional tennis yeah. as a player. Oh yeah. Uh, Shannon McCarthy Gaudet, 34-0 as a walk-on at Georgia, number one. Gosh. Probably the only person ever to to decommit verbally from Stanford because she's a twin. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so she had to walk on at Georgia freshman year, didn't lose a match at number one at a school mm -hmm. like that. I mean, you know, you played at a high level. Amazing. Everybody's number one is oh, yeah. everybody's good. professional yeah. level. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt that, that, you know, we needed to do a better job of, of telling people their stories and, and because they do have stories and, and there, and a lot of them are still really involved. I mean, Randy Stevens just had a tennis center a new center named after him in Macon you know you, he's and he's funny he's like well, usually they do that when I when you're dead <laughs> but to get it approved by the city the fact that I was living and had to go through a few Pretty different tours, uh, and yeah. then kind of took the same took the same concept ITA asked me to head up the mm -hmm. alumni group for Atlanta the, the chapter they're starting and unfortunately we haven't had a chance to get together as a group because of the pandemic but yeah we've got some great we've got some great um members that are living here in atlanta that did so many great things for college tennis and yeah so it's been fun i mean it's been yeah. it's been an interesting kind of a little side uh project and yeah. um yeah I, i'm becoming more of an expert on video editing and youtube yeah yeah no. my, she'll watch this my wife yeah. full disclosure <laughs> does a lot so thank you yeah thank you well, good deal. Well, yeah, everybody listening and watching, tune into Catching Up with Darren. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out on YouTube. And, and we'll put the link in the description so people oh, can find okay. it. Okay, great. Um, so, well, I, we've talked a lot of tennis this episode, and I just, um, you know, wanted to ask you, what do you like to do outside of tennis? I know you're in tennis mostly all day, but, you know, any interests or hobbies or any other things you like to do? Yeah, well, the interesting thing is I am probably the biggest uh, uh, fan in the United States of professional darts. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is yeah. which is art, which is a very popular spectator sport in, in Europe, yeah. particularly England, and it's fun. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the pandemic's hurt them a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my outlet a little bit. Not that I play a lot. Uh, you know, now with three little kids, just keeping them active, mm -hmm. uh, different sports, uh, that's pretty much what my life is right now and, and it's, yeah. it's not a bad it's great yeah but um but just catching up with friends connecting most of my most of my colleagues and friends are in tennis uh, a lot of them are still in california so yeah. I, yeah. I miss them yeah. um, i do I, i'm lucky i do get to go uh back to california a couple times a year to do events I, i'm now the chief and the referee of ojai which right. is the pac-12 championship the, the oldest amateur event in the united states and my hometown tournament so arguably yeah. that was the biggest um whatever you want to call it uh accolade or you know whatever yeah. the term is yeah. that i ever that yeah. i ever got was to be asked chief that that was that was a life a life uh, dream so yeah. that's been fun hopefully we'll be able to play it this year we weren't able to play it last year but hopefully this year yeah yeah definitely hopefully this year well, um, you know, is there any anything last things you'd like to promote or um, anybody you would like to say hi to or thank or give any shout outs to? No, again, I just want to thank you for all, you know, all you're doing. And, um, appreciate you know, it. I've enjoyed watching this series and mm -hmm. and gotten to know some folks. And, uh, you know, Tennessee is, has a great history of, of tennis in their state and, and uh, great things to come in all of the South. And, no, it's been... It's been great. I mean, it's been fun living here in the South. It's, you know, a few more Chick-fil-A's and Waffle Houses than I'm used to, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. we've, gotten, we've, we've gotten through it. But, but yeah, I mean, just, just again, great, fantastic sport. Mm -hmm. Let's, uh, let's stay on the courts. Let's take care of each other. 
yeah let's do what we can to help people um through this pandemic and whatever you need to do whether it's to give blood deliver dinner to someone that might not be feeling great mm -hmm. just do what you can do yeah yeah well thanks so much Darren. thanks so much for coming on the show and and sharing your thoughts and it's great to talk with you and learn from you and thanks again <laughs> thanks claire keep up the great work all right thanks darren and thanks to our viewers and listeners for tuning in we appreciate you if you're on youtube you can like and subscribe down below and we're also on uh, wherever you find your podcast you can check us out there and all the social media facebook and instagram as well too so hope everybody has a great day and we will talk to you later bye